Hello, my friend, it's Ange, and I'm so excited that you're listening to today's episode because today's episode, uh, it's so good. I just listened to it again and took a bunch of notes. What we're talking about today is you getting into that state of alignment more. I'm talking about that joy-filled state where your joy comes from within, not based on the stuff that's happening around you, where you believe that everything is happening for you and you trust that. Wouldn't it be so cool to be in that state, like for reals? Because you'd have so much more peace. You'd have so much more joy and you'd feel ease around things. Like you didn't have to force it. It wasn't really hard. Not to say that you're not doing any work, but you're not doing work from that very stressed out state. That's the difference there, getting into alignment. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And we have one of the best people, in my opinion, on the show to talk about this topic. And his name is Moshe Gersh. He's a spiritual teacher and a best-selling author. And he's also the speaker of one of my favorite TEDx talks. And that talk is called The Two Conditions to Unconditional Happiness. And I can't wait to dive into what those conditions are. That talk is, I would say, really an introduction into his new book that is out now, which is called The Three Conditions, How Intention, Joy, and Certainty Will Supercharge Your Life. So that's the stuff that we're talking about on today's episode. Some more stuff that you're going to hear in today's episode. I want you to know all the things so you know, like, is this worth my time listening to it? It is. So let me just say that off the bat. But we're going to talk about how Moshe's intuition led him to a very unique and fulfilling career. And then also how his intuition led him into one role and then led him out of that role. And then obviously we're talking about the two conditions to unconditional happiness, how the energy that we bring into our creations determines the results that we have, the meaning of living in alignment, what to do if you're struggling with self-doubt, we're touching on that, the relationship between prayer and meditation, and when you need to change your perspective to feel better and ways to do that. And also, there's just so many good quotes that we're going to dive into that he shares. So let's just get right to it. Moshe, welcome to the show. Hi, Ange. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that you're here. Um, Tell us a little bit more about you personally, like your, your family, where do you live, all of that stuff. So I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, and which is where I am right now, which is so nice. Uh, but about 17 years ago, uh, I moved to Israel. Uh, I was living in Jerusalem. I uh, met my wife there. And, uh, you know, we've got four little kitties running around at home. Not kitties as in cats, but little children. <laughs> we were speaking about cats before we got on here. And uh, yeah, just uh, living and loving every day, uh, learning, teaching, uh, involved with community. Awesome. I love it. How old are your four children? They are 10, 8, 5, 2. Oh, wow. That's like, a, that's a lovely gap between all of them too. Yeah. Awesome. So I watched your TEDx talk and I really loved the story about how you used to be a rock singer and how that came to be. So for the audience, can you share, and obviously right now you're not a rock singer, you're here, you're a spiritual teacher sharing wonderful messages with the world, but I'm really curious about 
first off, how you got to be the rock singer, I feel like you just got to share it because that story is so good. And then how you transition into doing the work that you're doing now. Man, life is so beautiful. Uh, I think I was 10 years old when I first heard uh, th- there's a band called Weezer. And uh, there yeah. was a there was a guitar solo in a track called Buddy Holly. And when that, you know, it's a small like uh it's like it's not even a solo. It's just like a small little piece in in the song. Uh, when it got to the high point of that, I just felt this powerful resonance. Like everything inside of me said, "This is what I'm going to do." Like I'm doing this. Uh, it was it went from the music outside of me to the music inside of me. And so, uh, by the time I was I was classically trained on piano. By the time I was 13, I picked up an electric guitar. And then the next seven years, uh, I started a band. Uh, we're signed to a label in LA. Uh, we were touring the country, we were on MTV, which was a thing at the time, <laughs> and uh, the radio. Wow. And uh, it, w- it was amazing. For, for seven years, that was like the, the essence of my life was me and my band members and uh, tour and recording albums and running around. And it was unbelievable. It was like every child dream, you know, to run out and, yeah. um, and to follow that. And things were things were really good. Things were really beautiful and uh, growing and expanding. And then I started to have a you would call it a spiritual awakening when I started thinking about well, really what happened was uh, one of the members in my band uh, started getting sick when, when he he was uh, he became addicted to methamphetamines and uh, it was it was a a sad road to watch mm-hmm. uh, and that really woke me up to a lot of pieces inside of the the world that I had found myself in. Uh, I started thinking about what life was about. Uh, what was I doing here? Was I, was I really going to find success in that reality? Um, somebody asked me at a, a record release party uh, how long I planned on playing music for, which is a funny question to ask a musician, like how long are you going to play for? And I said, I don't know, we'll play till we're successful and then we'll settle down. I always saw myself as a family person, a family man. I wanted to have, uh, you know, settle down somewhere. And he said, when is that? And I said, when's what? He said, when is success? Uh, and at the time, I just told him to grab another drink because he was kind of ruining my my time <laughs> at the party. Uh, but when I woke up the next day, that question alongside the of what I was seeing in real, uh, which I still think is true today. Uh, but uh, I never really thought about the question, uh, can you be successful at what you do and still fail at life? Um, that that opened up uh, an entire reality inside of me where I said, I want to go search for uh, for meaning and for purpose and for truth. And that sent me to Jerusalem. And then I fell in love with this thing called Torah. And that that started the the next part of my life, which was, okay, now, now I want to go deeply into what is the human psyche and the human condition and what is reality. Yeah, that's so interesting. And because I feel like you left something that you said was a dream for a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people have that dream that they want to be a rock singer, you know, when they get older. I mean, if you're into music and stuff, I'm not going to say some people listening are like, no, I never had that dream because I think about myself. But you know what I mean? It's like, we all have these, these bigger dreams and your dream came to be, how did you like, 
because I, I I'm assuming this is just me making the assumption that it was difficult to leave something that you knew of that you've already created so much success mm. in. Yeah. What helped you truly make that decision to leap into now what was the unknown to be a spiritual teacher? Uh, that's awesome. Well, first of all, it was unknown. I didn't know that I was leaving to become a spiritual teacher. Right. I, I I didn't know that at all. I um I didn't know wh- where I was going. I just knew that um the right answer to this is what gave me the strength to walk away into the unknown was there was an inner knowing that I have to move in that direction. And it was really uh, being open to listening to that voice, uh, really sensing the fact that where I was wasn't the right place and that there was a calling, something really drawing me in a, in a direction um, to find answers uh, and to to be on a search, to be on this journey uh, that's, an, that's an inner journey. Mm-hmm. So I was raised in a home that really facilitated growth and listening to that inner voice. So I'd, I I'll always followed my intuition growing up. It was very, very important to me. Uh, it was that same voice that pulled me into the world of music that pulled me out of the world of music. Um, and, uh, and, and living in uh, faith, I really feel like we're uh, co-creators uh, in the universe, whether you're calling it God or, you know, the energy of the universe, whatever language you use to relate to the, the, the underlying, you know, force of reality. Um, so I, I always feel like we're in this, you know, collaboration. And so when it did come up for me in, in such a strong way that the, where I am isn't the right place and that's the direction I need to walk in, um, we walk and we find yeah. out where it goes. And this reminds me of what you talked about in your TEDx talk around the two conditions of happiness. So tell us what those are and how how that also helps you take these kinds of leaps that to a lot of other people would be very scary that they may not take. Right. So the, the two underlying assumptions in the two conditions to unconditional happiness, which creates the base for the, my new book, which comes out next week, um, The Three Conditions, right, uh, is uh, belief in the divine self and belief in a divine guidance, right, that there is... Uh, more to life and more to yourself than meets the eye. So when you can step into the trust of your own person, right, your personhood, that you are both good and able, that there is a power within, as well as the notion that you're a part of a reality that's evolutionary, meaning things are getting better. There's a guidance and direction that's uh, built into the world that uh, wants to see your success. If those are your assumptions, um, so the level of fear that you carry, it's not that it, it eliminates fear completely, uh, but the fear is uh, greatly diminished. And so that the faith becomes the bridge to all the places that you want to get to in your life. Yeah, I love that. And I really think about when you believe those things in a nutshell, that you are good, that you're good enough, that you're worthy, and that you're always supported because God or the universe or whatever you call it is good then I really feel like the way you feel, like the energy you generate is so different. And I think that kind of energy just brings amazing things into your life. Right. There's two elements, right? There's the psychology and then there's the spirituality behind it, right? So just on the purely on a psychological perspective, like from that vantage point, when you see yourself as good and able and you see, and you look at a world in a light that is positive and 
a force for good. So you live with more peace, you live with less fear, um, and you are able to take those chances and move in that direction because you're you're looking for the opportunities, right? Because you, right, I think in the TED Talk itself, I said something to the effect of it's not that some people are lucky, it's that some people are looking, right? Oh, I love we, that quote. I'm so glad you brought that up. Right, Explain it, it. Right. So I think there there's a, a feeling in the world for a lot of people that like, oh, there's just the lucky ones like, oh, that that guy or that girl, they're just lucky. They just you know, they get all the breaks and, you know, they um, they're always in the right place at the right time. And it's it's not that some people are just born with uh, a symbol of luck on their back, uh, but rather it's that uh, people who are looking for the opportunity, who continue to look for the good, despite situations, right? Sometimes things are obviously good and obviously helpful and uh, are moving us in a a direction that we want to be in. And sometimes they look like they're not. But to the one that continues to keep an open mind and an open heart and is looking for lessons to learn from, they're looking for opportunities, they're looking for new directions to go in, they, they just keep themselves open. So they are a co-creator with the universe in that luck that everyone is talking yeah. about. So it's not that they're lucking, but it's that they're looking. And so when we talk about a supercharged life, what I'm what I'm speaking about is the uh, the type of energy that you're exuding as you're going through. In fact, we 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 started speaking about it before that I said there was there was two points over here. There's the psychology and then the spirituality. So psychologically, we touched on that a bit, but spiritually is kind of what you mentioned before, which is. Uh, when your energy is shifted, when you're when you're working at a higher frequency, so more than just you're seeing more opportunities, you're also drawing more of that into your life because of the law of resonance, right? Because what you put out is what you're drawing into your reality. So there's both the psychological shift that's taking place inside of you, as well as an energetic spiritual shift that's happening. So uh, that is, that, to me, the the language that we wrap around that is like supercharged. It's, you're still going through life, Ooh, but it's got, it's, it's got all this energy and uh, everyone you come in contact with can feel it. They can see it, right? That's the first thing a person feels when you walk into a room is your energy. And it's mm-hmm. not something you have to say, right? It's just, you feel it. You know, You know where a person's at when you're sensitive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I believe this is true for me is like those days when I really feel like I'm in alignment and I feel like I just really trust that I'm supported, that everything is happening for me. Like things seem to flow in to match that. And these really cool opportunities like show up in my life where other people are like, that's insane. Like, how do you always get these cool things to happen? It's because of the energy I'm putting out and it doesn't feel hard. It doesn't feel like I have to force it. And you have some really cool stories, like even Moshe, like your book and Deepak Chopra, like signing off on your book, like those kinds of things, like that, like those are examples of things where I believe happened because of the energy that you put out. So what are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think you used the right word. The right word there was alignment, right? When you are living um, in alignment with self, with all of reality. And you stay connected to the roots, right? The roots of reality. So it doesn't matter what might be happening on the surface layer, right? Um, there's a uh, there's a great line where uh, Abraham is inviting guests into his home. He's he's in in the Torah, right? He invites some guests into his home, and when he gets when he brings them in, he says he puts them under the tree, 
right? And mm-hmm. uh, one of the commentaries explains what is it like. It's just additional information. Like you want to you want to tell us that we're that he was giving them shade, and in Kabbalah, the idea is that he was putting them in a position where they can see under the tree. He wasn't just putting them under the tree. He was putting them in a state of realize there are roots under the tree. That everywhere you look in the world, you're going to see the surface layer or the tree the the tree aspect of life, but. Everywhere you are, you have to know there are roots underneath. There are these like, and that's where all the life force is. The roots of a tree is where all the the sustenance and the and the nourishment is coming from to keep this beautiful thing on the surface ar- alive and around. So as we go through life and we recognize, right, we have to be what's behind the surface, right? We want to be looking what what is where's the current coming from that's flowing into all of our doing, all of our thoughts, all of our our words. And so when you're in that alignment with that deeper source, when you're connected to the roots, so all of a sudden, everywhere you go, so you're drawing that same energy into your life. You become the roots of the tree in your reality, and you're drawing all those things into your space. Oh, I love that visual. For those who, like, if we go back to the two conditions for ha- for unconditional happiness, that I am good and the universe is good, those two beliefs. What if you don't believe that right now? Then what are your suggestions for that person? But you want to believe that, but let's be real with yourself, you don't. Right. So, wow. that that That's at the heart, I think, of this whole conversation because a lot of people really do want to believe that and and they don't. And so now what do we do? So you have two options. One requires an open mind and an open heart, which if you have that, so you can reprogram your mind. You can reprogram the way you see yourself and you see reality, right? You, Any person who doesn't see themselves or the world as a miracle uh, was raised with ideas that now came to block that reality. Because the truth is, you are a miracle every single day. Everything about you is. And this whole re- this whole world shouldn't even exist right we're on a rock floating through space in in like the, the 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 fact that we're sitting here having this conversation is a miracle i always say to people that it, for you to complain about anything means 99.9% of everything else is going right because you couldn't even complain about something you, you there wouldn't be a you yeah. to complain you, you 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 still have you can still breathe you still have vocal cords you still have someone to talk to who's listening to your complaint meaning at the end of the day there's so much has to go right for any one thing to go wrong so when uh, for, for any one thing to become the the focus of your attention it's like if you got a brand new car and then it did get a scratch and you spend all your time focusing on the scratch when you've got a Ferrari, right? Like you've got something beautiful sitting. It's like, okay, you're right. Things get scratched up in this world. We're in a material reality. Yeah. So to to speak to your point, the so the one way forward is try to work on reprogramming. However, what I've found is that uh, not not everyone has that capacity for one reason or another, whether it's a trauma or they're so steeped in one set of beliefs that the idea of being able to change them is sounds impossible. It's like trying to move a mountain. Uh, those, those are the times, and I really think this is true for everybody, but certainly in those cases, um, that's where the power of meditation and mindfulness, um, those type of practices come in immediately. Because the very first thing that one has to recognize is that at the end of the day, those are also just thoughts. Even thoughts that you're good are just is just a thought. So whether you, you have a belief that you're good or a belief that you're not good, a belief that the world is good or the belief that the world is bad, all of that 
are just thoughts in your mind to begin with. So if you can spend time in quiet, right, and uh, reconnect to the stillness within, the this higher knowledge that you and I are both speaking about now, Ange, like this higher frequency that we we want everyone to be living at, and the joy and the love and the goodness, that's the natural effect of if if everything were quiet, that starts to rise up from within. Hmm. The the thoughts that that block us off from that reality are the elements that need to now be quieted within, or at least acknowledged and seen as just, oh, there's just something inside of me. There's this, you know, thought form, a belief system, a paradigm that I've um, inherited from someone somewhere, right? And now I have it. And to now start creating space, the more space you create from that. So when you're in that state of peace, that's where the silent knowledge of your soul starts to come through and exude into your mind. So interesting. So would you say then that meditation is going to play a huge role? And would you say it's essential for you to supercharge your life? I don't know if everyone needs to meditate. I think Mm. everyone will would enjoy it. But I know that there's lots of people who don't meditate and they live just fine. Uh, on a personal level, I found that when I introduced meditation into my life, um, everything shifted because it's yeah. in that space that we can, I, I can sit and tell someone that things are okay, but it doesn't mean that they experience it, right? And I can tell myself that things are okay and maybe I'm feeling anxious or maybe I'm feeling not good enough or maybe I'm feeling, but I, I can tell myself the words, but until I can actually quiet down the thing inside of me that's creating the noise of whatever negative, you know, feeling or thought I have about myself or reality. So uh, it's just, you know, it, they sound like empty words. Oh, that's so interesting because I I haven't heard anyone talk about it in the way of quieting it it's like quieting it down that negative chatter that's not true so that you can hear the truth Mm -hmm. that is so interesting and I really love that you you didn't say that yes it's essential everybody needs to be doing meditation because it's more about discovering what are the what are the things that you are going to use that are going to work well for you to get you into that joy-filled state you know, for for one person, it might be meditation. For somebody else, it might be yoga. For a third person, it might be going for a run, right? For somebody else, it might be sitting and listening to music. Uh, it might be going out and sitting in nature, right? Um, many things can help lead us back. It, it's really all about getting present. You know, I re- mm-hmm. that you know, if I could uh, rephrase why I started with meditation, is being in that state of presence is what allows the the higher mind to come through when the body is quiet the soul can speak right and so we we want to quiet down all the parts of us that keep us disconnected from our natural wellspring of knowledge it's there it's already inside of us right no one needs to teach you something new we just need to hear something that's so deep and ancient that exists within every human being so all all, all spiritual teachings and all the psychological teachings are there to help create inroads so that we can hear that space that's already there Awesome. And it's kind of like, it reminds me of, for some reason, when you were talking about taking a shower and how you get some of your greatest ideas when you're taking a shower, because you're just like there in the shower. And then all this stuff comes to mind. You're present and you're just allowing things to be as they are. 
I want to emphasize some of the quotes that I've heard you said, and I know some of them you've, you've heard and you've repeated from others, but one of them you said was the energy of the creator is in the created. Mm -hmm. And I know this relates to like what you put out is what you receive. And I'm curious about your thoughts on this whole concept and what, what, give me a little bit, go a little bit deeper into this. Sure. So you're, you're quoting uh, a piece from the Baal Shem Tov, who was the founder of the Hasidic movement. And what he says over there is, which means the energy of the creator is invested in the creation or in that which is created. So what that means to say is your state of consciousness is primary because everything you think, say, and do becomes invested with that energy. So when you're in a fear state, and so you 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 know run to meet a deadline. So you type up a you know a whole article or whatever it is that you're working on, just to get it done because you're feeling anxious about getting it done. So you will have your final product when it's finished, but it is filled with the anxiety. And a person who is sensitive, you can feel that in writing, right? Like you you can pick up a book and feel if it has soft energy, if it has hard energy, um, if yeah. it's coming from a place of fear, if it's coming from a place of sadness, if it's coming from a place of uh, joy, right? Um, books, television, obviously, when you watch a movie, uh, they're tr they're specifically trying to evoke a certain feeling and emotion out of it, right? But this is true for everything. So, you know, if you were, I don't know, if you were a, a watchmaker, right? Um, so the type of person that you are when you make the watch goes into the watch. It's a spiritual transference, mm -hmm. right? So your energy is going into the world, into everything you do, which is why, you know, there are some people when they start speaking, it doesn't matter what they say. The person that's listening feels picked up and enlivened by the conversation because it's who's saying it. It's how they're saying it. It's the energy that's coming through while it's happening. There are other people that might be saying the most deep, profound, spiritual ideas that the world has ever seen, but they themselves are full of ego and fear. And so you are hearing the ideas, but there's a dissonance because something inside says, but it's not right. Like you're saying these deep ideas, but I can feel, I can feel yeah. the block inside of you. So that's the essential idea that if we realize that the energy of the creator is invested within that which is created and or in the creation, so then we ha we have to then make primary in our life our state of consciousness to recognize that anything mm. we do, how we do it and who you are while it's being done is just as or more important than what you're doing. Oh, I love this so much because um, in my work, I've helped a lot of people transition into doing work that feels more fulfilling to them. And people can get so fixated on the strategy of what to do. And I'm all about getting that person into the right energetic state, as I would call it, coming from that higher place of energy, of love, of faith, of trusting, believing things are happening for you. Because I see it as it, it, everything is energy. And it, it always comes back to that. Because like you were saying, you might even have someone that is sharing a message and they may not be like the most skilled person out there and knows the most about that information, but you want to listen to them more simply because of their energy. Yes. So that trumps their skill set or, you know, so my point is, is that it really is about the energy that you are bringing to the situation because that's going to lead to the results, the kind of results that you have. And I had a client yesterday um, who's struggling making a, 
a decision around what he should do as far as a relationship situation. Should he stay in it? Should he go? And I told him, whatever decision that you make, make sure that you are making it from that higher state. Like you're making it from a place of love or intuition versus fear and ego. And then I reminded him again that if you're, if it's, if you're making a decision because you're worried about what someone else is going to think about you or how you might affect them, like hurt them, then that is not coming from that higher energetic state. It's not coming from a place of love because that is just really the fear triggering. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that needs to be said because sometimes people can be like, well, it is about love though, because I'm thinking about what they're thinking. And it's like, Ooh, cause I feel like sometimes the ego can be a little sneaky like that. You yes, know? absolutely. It, you know, it goes out one door and comes in the other door, right? So, yeah. Uh, and of course, even in your situation, it's still better to think about someone else than to be totally self-absorbed in your decision right. making. But it, there's a hierarchy, right, of when you're making decisions of like how high up on the ladder are you when you're making that decision? So are you energetically, you know, are you vibrating way up here? Is it somewhere in the middle or is it way down low? So, uh, you know, to the degree that you can be in a state of peace and and joy because you're in a, a state of allowing, right? You're not yes. fighting anything. It's a non-resistant state. It's things are as they are. And, um, and I can be just present and show up for things in that, in that space. So then of course, everything you do from there is going to just come from such a higher level that uh, at that point you can't lose, right? Because whatever happens afterwards, you're already in the right space. You're already there to begin with. Yeah. You're, you're, you're living in the answer, right? You're, you're living in the solution. Yeah. I feel like it goes, it goes back to really recognizing like how, how are you feeling? Cause sometimes people are like, well, I don't know what state it's in, but it's like, you can tell when it's in that lower state based on how you're feeling versus it being in the upper state. And when you are in those higher levels, you are naturally going to be thinking about others and the, the overall impact because that is a characteristic of that higher state. But yeah. I think the difference there is you're not, obs- you don't believe it's all up to you. Like you don't, you, you know that they're supported. You still have that belief, like, you know, God is supporting me and they're supporting them. Cause I've seen where people struggle making decisions because they they feel like it's all up to them to make someone else happy or if they if they step out of this role or this situation that person's I mean everything's gonna fall apart for them and then I feel like that is like where the ego can come in because it's like you're now stepping away from that belief that God's got you and they got them that's why I love so much your your two beliefs around I am good and the universe is good because I feel like those two beliefs like if you step out to make any if you're about to make a massive change in your life if you can come from that place of those two beliefs oh man I just feel like you are just resonating at such a a, a peaceful and very powerful and creative state mm-hmm. and I just love that you said this because I, I don't even, I've, since I've listened to your talk, I think I've probably told so many people like the, these two conditions and really, because I, I, it's so simple, but really, really think about it. Because if you don't think those ways, like what can you do to get yourself to be that kind of person who believes that? So off the top of your head, what are some of those things that someone can do to like stay and either get into that belief or like stay in that belief of in that flow state that we're talking about. Sure. I I mean, I think one of the, 
one of the most beautiful things a person can do from themselves is keeping a journal or diary, some some place where even if it's in their phone, where they're keeping track of what's going right. Ooh, right? that's good. Right. Meaning there's uh, there's a lot of value in many forms of journaling and, and writing things down. But there's also something very specifically powerful in when when again, let's let's deal with a situation where a person is struggling to see goodness in the world. Right. Is the world good? Right. Is the universe good? So do you have a, a, a place somewhere in your life where you actually keep a, a record of the things that went right, that are going well, that have gone well, um, the, the the micro miracles of your life, all the things are like, oh, I, you know, that didn't have to happen. And yet it did. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not a gratitude journal, but it, you will exude appreciation the more you have that list, the more that it's built. And, and it's something to turn back to and look at. And again, at the end of the day, we want to integrate it on the inside. But, you know, it, we we forget. It's so easy to forget when when life starts going wrong. Right. And we feel like yes. things are moving in the wrong direction. So we forget about all the good that happened along the way, all the miracles that took place in our life or in the lives of the people that we love. Uh, so when you have like a, you know, a miracle list or, a, you know, things that have gone right list in your life, so that helps not just build relationship with the goodness of reality, um, but it's also becomes a uh, a reminder for when things are going off. And the same would be true for, you know, your lack of belief in yourself. Like, do you take the time to look at all the good points inside of you? Right. Mm -hmm. What are all the good things about yourself? If you were forced to write a list of all the good things about you, if even if you only came up with one, so start there. And now that, oh, if, if, that. if you only got, if you can only come up with one good thing about yourself, then that's what you got to think about every day. That's your point. That's the only thing you have to worry about. And then that will grow because it, it's like watering seeds. The thing will grow because, um, because the truth is you are good. <laughs> and so you just can't see it yet. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such a good tip. Um, because I think about when you are doing these things, like the energy that you're going to be generating as you are doing these practices. And I feel like I see it also as a, as a way to train yourself around your beliefs and like that, that reprogramming there. And I feel like a lot of people don't talk about how you, we just assume that you see someone like you and, you know, in your position, or you look at like the Deepak Chopras of the world or these other spiritual teachers and you assume that, oh, like they, they don't do a lot of work to maintain like that kind of state and awareness. You're always working on that, you know, and it's like you have to be intentional about steering your thoughts in the direction that you want them to go or then you you end up reacting. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And even as you were speaking, like it came up for me really strong. Of like, that's one of the reasons why meditation is so important to me in my life, where whether it's meditation or prayer, which are kind of two sides of the same coin, right? I, where I, I see prayer as um, expressing oneself to God, to the universe, at where and meditation is now listening, right? Now you're trying to tune mm -hmm. into the answers. So in, in my life, uh, finding that time to sit uh, in quiet every day uh it, there, it's it's like it grounds you so deeply in what you already know to be true and if you find yourself off track so then you can stop and take 5 minutes right there's there's never a time in your life i mean barring emergency where you can't create a few minutes to get back to that quiet space and just get perspective a little perspective goes so far we lose perspective so quickly and then we go down this negative rabbit hole of a story and then that story becomes 
our hour and then that hour becomes our day. And now you have to go to sleep to wake up the next day, hopefully forget about what happened the day before so you could start fresh. But you don't have to do that, right? There was a time in my life, if I go back a decade, where if something knocked me off, I could lose myself in one of these spins for weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you you can go down these rabbit holes that hold you in their grip mentally, emotionally, energetically, um, until until finally you can find a way to break free of that hold. And so all you know, everything that has to do with spiritual teaching or self development, all of this growth is to help um, minimize the amount of time you spend in the illusion and maximize the amount of time you spent in in truth, in that higher reality. That's what we're doing. So all of the work oh, is so is good. for that, right? You know, more time in consciousness, less time unconscious. <laughs> that reminds me of something I always say on the show, which is it's not a problem that you go there because we're humans. We're going to go to those lower levels. It's a problem when you stay there. And I feel like this work, it really helps it. So like, if you get to that, you don't stay there that long because you have, you have these tools that are really helping you. And one of the things that I heard you also say as um, just a suggestion of something that you could do is, is to have, take time. If you feel like you're really feeling down or whatever it is, take time to gain that perspective. Cause like you said, it's so easy to lose it and a little bit can really help you. So like, even like, I know for me, when I have days where I'm just like, you know, not motivated, my energy's dipping low and all that, just listening to something, you know, very Mm -hmm. quickly from a teacher or another teacher can really just remind me of the goodness or give me that special lesson that I really needed in that moment. It doesn't have to take long. It could just be Mm -hmm. five minutes. Yes. Exactly. Even as you were speaking, I was like, right, anyone who's listening to this right now or in the future, it's like the fact that you're listening to this right now is doing something to your energy, right? So when you you sit and you you pop on, you know, a podcast on, you know, positivity and light and goodness, that's going to do something to you in your mind and in your heart. And if, you know, if, if you're a reader, so yeah, go, you know, I have a few books that I carry with me everywhere in the world, no matter when, no matter where I am, and no matter what tour I'm on, you know, there's, there's a couple books that are always with me you know, so that I can just, you know, tap into that energy just a little bit more, just a little bit more, a little bit deeper. Okay. You got to tell me what those two books are. Uh, One of them is The Power of Now, uh, Eckhart Tolle. And the other one is the Baal Shem Tov, uh, which is the founder of Hasidus. So I keep keep them. I usually have those two books with me everywhere I go. That's awesome. I wanted to highlight what you just said that, that really got me thinking when you talked about meditation, and you described prayer as, what did you describe prayer as? And then what is meditation? Right. Well, if prayer is you speaking to God, meditation is God speaking to you. That's like a super oversimplification. But prayer, what prayer is, is allowing yourself to express uh, your thoughts, feelings, emotions, energy out into the universe and uh, and have that, you know, direct connection. Uh, but that's from from you. Whereas meditation is you tuning in and being a receiver of something higher into you. So it's the listening piece, the meditation, taking the Mm -hmm. time to listen. Mm -hmm. And as you say that, I think about communication and I teach a lot around communication and there's, it's a good communicator is someone that can, it's not just about speaking, but it's also about truly listening. And I think a lot about in my life where I have prayers all the time, I'm always praying. I want to, I am going to take more time to listen. And really like that simple shift that you just did for me is like seeing meditation as a time to truly listen 
that is a game changer for me because mm-hmm. I feel like the way that I saw it before is I, I'm someone who like, I genuinely love to stay busy. Like I love to do things and I have high energy and you know, all that. So like the way that I was seeing meditation was like, Oh man, I gotta sit here. And you know, like I was seeing it more in this negative light, but when I see it as time that I'm listening to my creator, that is a game changer for me. Mm. Yeah. And it is <laughs> that, that that's the game changing moment is when you can sit and listen and, and be there for it. I remember I had a conversation with someone maybe five or six years ago, and we were both uh, leading a group. And at the end of the sessions, he came over to me and he said, no, it's so interesting. We spend a lot of time in prayer and, you know, God never talks back. And I looked at him and I, I didn't say this to him at the time, but what came through me was really I don't know that reality. And I, it must be just because of the way that I was raised. Of, For me, the all of reality is God talking back. The question is only if, if you're listening, right? So you, you can pray and pray and pray, and you can share all your thoughts and feelings and emotions, and you can let things come through. Uh, but it's our capacity to now listen. And listening to life is, pay, is about paying attention. It is about that presence and uh, staying open and listening to life, which is always speaking to you. And that's why meditation is, it's kind of like the amplified version of listening. Cause you're like, okay, I'm not going to work on thinking or speaking at all. I'm just going to uh, try to tap into that place of quiet and listen to what, what, what's really happening inside of me, which is a bridge to the infinite. Yeah, definitely. I think about like we were talking about earlier, like maybe it's not meditation for someone, but it, it looks like a it looks different. Like you said, like the running or other things like that, or even just going for walks, because I feel like constantly, like, I I feel like I see God everywhere and I see messages and like things all over the place because I'm looking for that. And I feel like a lot of those things where people, my crazy stories, as people call it, like the miracles that are happening in my life, I feel like that is because like, I'm always seeing as I call God winks, like I'm like, oh, I see you God. And that's something I often say, like, I see you talking to me or I see the like connection and how this, like, I'm the person that makes a big deal out of things because I feel like it is a big deal. Like it's all like, there's so many miracles out there, but like people aren't always seeing those miracles because they're going back to your quote, like they're not looking, you know? So if you want to be one of the lucky ones, you need to be someone who is looking. Mm-hmm. So with that said, Moshe, I am curious about this new book. I'm, I really want to dive in and read it. So who is this book for and what can we expect to learn from this book? So the three conditions is for someone who is looking to live a happier life, a deeper life, um, and someone who has been on some some path already they they've they've started they're 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 already looking around um it doesn't mean this can't be a person's first book um because it can it's it's written for for anybody who's uh who wants to be on a journey but uh i think the language that i'm using in there is you know for someone like you know you and me who are seekers right we're we're looking for more we're looking for um more love and joy and direction and peace and feeling a a, a life of meaning and purpose uh, so that's who it's for. Um, and what you can expect is uh, it's a combination of uh, really, really deep and profound uh, spiritual ideas, psychological ideas, um, as they mesh with personal stories uh, from my life or the lives of people that I know and how 
you know, these ancient teachings uh, directly impact us in a regular day-to-day life. So uh, I've, I've tried to set it up in such a way where it's uh, easy and accessible. So, you know, you don't have to be uh, a rocket scientist to really get to the ideas on the inside. And so it's it's light, it's easy, it's clear, it's simple, um, hopefully having an impact in that way. I love that. That sounds so exciting. I and can't I just got it. This is like the first time I'm finally holding the book. Oh, it's so pretty. Here. I love uh, it. Thank you. Yeah. So it'll get, it'll get there. Yeah, I definitely want to dive into that uh, more. And I'm sure I will. And then end up having more episodes about certain things in the book. Some nerd like that. So that'll happen. Um, what's coming up that you're excited about? Excited to, you know, to get this book into people's hands uh, and to meet with them. I'm on uh, a big U.S. tour right now. In the show notes or details section of this episode, I'm going to link a link where you can find Moshe's website, social media account. Uh, you can get his newest book all the things. So if you're looking for that, that's where it'll be in the detail section of this episode. Before we go, Moshe, is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, I'm, I'm just so grateful to be here and to be with you and your light. You've got such a wonderful energy and I'm excited for you and for, for all the people who are listening to your podcast and the work you do. So thank you for being you. And uh, for anyone who's listening to this, thank you for being you. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's do a quick recap before you go because there were so many good gems in this episode. We talked about the conditions of unconditional happiness and that was the belief, number one, that you are good. I am good. And number two, that the universe is good. You can think about it as God is good. You're 100% supported. Things are happening for you. I feel like those kinds of beliefs align with believing that God is good. And then we also talked about the strategies of finding time to hear that inner voice more, to be present. And that might look like meditation for you. That might look like you going for a walk like it does for me or a run or maybe just taking a longer shower and just really being there and listening to see if there's any wisdom for you. That kind of stuff. Uh, Moshe said, when the body is quiet, the soul can speak. Another quote that he said is, they're not lucky. They're just looking. Remember that. You become lucky if you want to be a lucky person or have these amazing things come in your life when you look for opportunity, when you keep your eyes open for that, and you're looking for the goodness, you're looking for the miracles, then you find more of them, more of them come into your life. Another thing he said was the energy of the creator is invested in the created. Remember that. So if you can get your energy to a higher state and you can create from that place, it's like you're bringing more of that goodness into your life. You have better results around things. That's where I'm all about getting your energy into alignment before you do anything and how that's the most important thing ultimately is your energy and how you show up, the presence that you bring to whatever it is that you are doing. And he also said everything you think, say, and do becomes invested in your energy. That goes back to the quote, the energy of the creator is invested in the created. He said, all of reality is God talking back. But are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? Another suggestion that he gave us was to keep a journal where you keep track of what is going right in your life. So it's not just about you writing all your thoughts down, but what about you noticing the goodness 
that is in your life, what is good, how you are good. If you made note of that on a regular basis, you would build that belief that you're worthy of what it is that you desire. I was listening to another neuroscientist yesterday and she was talking about how a big reason why she feels like people don't manifest things in their in their life and this is her coming from not a woo-woo perspective her coming from a neuroscience perspective and she said it was because this lack of belief that they're deserving of it and I think these practices that Moshe is talking about where we write in a journal you know what is good in our life what the good that has happened and how we are good the goodness in us And this kind of goes back, I feel like it's relative to the question I often ask is, what are you proud of yourself for? It's like you're honoring, you're highlighting that goodness in you. When you start to do that on a regular basis, you really start to feel like you're worthy and you're deserving of more because you believe you're good. You believe you're worthy of it. And then I feel like from that place, that manifesting comes in. The things you desire come, come in. And what else do I got here in my notes? Uh, He also talked about, you know, when you are keeping this journal, thinking about it too is like a miracle list of the goodness that has happened. And if you think about like what is a miracle, it's something that is like unexpected. It's something that is out of the ordinary, right? And maybe that divine intervention had to come in to make that thing come to be. I really feel like everything is a miracle when you really think about it. But like keeping a list of that. And uh, the other thing he talked about was when you are feeling low, when your energy is low and, and you don't feel like you're in that state of alignment, you can do things to help change your perspective. You can listen to something that shifts your energy, right? You can go move your body in a certain way and that's going to help shift your energy. So instead of allowing yourself to always be at the effect of things and just like, eh, it sucks, like you know, I'm feeling good. It's like, what are you doing to help shift that? You know, and is, are you just reacting to it? Because there's so much in your power that you can do to shift that if you want to. All right. That sums up this episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. If you did, let us know. Leave a review if you haven't done so and connect with Moshe and follow along on his journey. I'm definitely going to do that. I hope you have an amazing day. I will talk to you soon. Bye.